16. Hi everyone, it's Witchy Bites, and we are doing a bonus episode in time for the veils thinning for Halloween. With me today, I have Arden. Hello. Who you may remember from episode two. Yes. Which, excitingly, it's actually been nearly a year because our one year anniversary for doing the podcast was the Beltane episode. Right. But I didn't celebrate because I was on my own. Yeah. But we can celebrate now because this is like the second episode you were in. Yeah. And now we're doing an episode with you. Woo! Yay! <laughs> so thank you for joining me today. Unfortunately, Hannah's still studying, so she wasn't able to record this episode. So I asked Arden if they could join me. Yes. And I got a yes. I don't have anything else going on on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so you're going to help me read ghost stories. Yay. This is going to be interesting. (laughs) Should be good. Should be good. What's been going on with you since the last time we spoke to you a year ago? A year ago? Wow. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, (laughs) I've been doing more of my own practice. I've moved house, so now I have an extra place to do all of my wart cunning and witchery and green stuff, which is fantastic. You have a nice garden. I do. I love <laughs> it so much. And I'm, I'm only just getting started. So yeah, that's pretty much the big things that's happened so yeah. far. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. And it, you do have a really nice house. So I'm suitably impressed. I just got it to us. So yay. <laughs> so ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> We had some people submit stories to us, so thank you to all of you out there. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. So generally, we're going to be using people's real names unless they've asked us to change it. So not we're their full names. Not <laughs> their full names, no. No. And all of these ghost stories are Australian ghost stories. Ooh. Yeah, all our Aussie listeners submitted, so thank you. So let's start with Bob. 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 Bob is from mainland Australia. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Foreign listener. <laughs> <laughs> so, hi, Bob. Thanks for submitting your story. So, we're about to read this out. Hello, Liz. Hello, Hanny. I hope both you and yours are doing well and are safe and happy. I haven't been listening to your episodes in sequential order and just finished listening to your bonus episode. Writing this, I had a Ralph Wiggum moment when I realized bonus was boo, like a ghost. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Bob, for recognising my stupid (laughs) humour. One story is a little bit like Liz's story about visiting the antique store and having a sense of profound negative energy. I went to visit the Police and Justice Museum in the Rocks area of Sydney on a day off work. It was very interesting and all okay until I got to a point where part of the museum was what, at one point, was a courtroom. As soon as I stepped over the threshold of the doorway, I felt an overwhelming, oppressive feeling – It also felt profoundly negative in that space, which was overwhelming. So I quickly stepped back through the doorway, and as soon as I did, whatever that feeling was abated entirely, like it had never happened. In order to ascertain if it was just my imagination, I stepped back into the former courtroom and the feeling was even worse, to the point I felt nauseous, and so I left again and the feeling stopped. I didn't go back in a third time. Okay, next story from Bob. At one time some years ago, I lived in Kirribilli in a small apartment building that dated back to the 1930s. I always had a sense of being stared at. This at a time of day, coming home from work between 11pm to like 1 or 2 in the morning, when there was no one outside anywhere in the neighbourhood. I tended to often get the sense as I was walking into the stairway of the building that someone was watching me from the first floor, 
then moving up to the next floor when I reached the first floor. Then whatever it was moved back to the first floor and was watching me from there like they were peeking around the wooden banister until I opened the front door and went inside the apartment. Oh, I don't like that. That's gross. (laughs) That sucks, Bob. There were a few other things which happened while I lived there too. If you would like to read this on your podcast, that's okay too. I hope it was interesting. Cheers and take care. Yours, Bob. Well, Bob. I hope you moved. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're still not in Kirribilli. Mm. I'm pretty certain you're not. I think you did tell me where you are. So, uh, yes, that is, yeah, pass. Both of those experiences pass. Um, I want to go to the museum, though, now. Yeah, that seems really interesting. Next time we're in Sydney, hey? Mm. When will that be? Yeah, I know. 2025. (laughs) (laughs) Why can we go to the mainland? (laughs) Oh, God. Yep, no, don't like that one little bit, Bob. Mm -mm. I'm glad you had those experiences to share with us, but... uh... (laughs) Thank you for uh, taking the time to tell your trauma for our entertainment. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. The laughing is in uh, fear and scaredness. (laughs) We're laughing with you. Yeah. Ooh, do you want to read the next one? Mm. Okay, so this one comes from Wendy. Hi, Wendy. She says, Hi, guys. This actually did happen to me. In early 1991, I was living in Sydney with my husband in a small army housing estate of about a dozen villas. Not long after moving in, my husband Dean was sent away on exercise. I was alone in the house, but I was used to it, being an army wife. One night, I had just turned off the lights and got into bed when I heard the front door close. I thought maybe Dean had come home early for some reason. I yelled out, is that you, Dean? There was no reply, and I started to hear footsteps coming down the hallway. I kept asking if it was Dean, as maybe he didn't hear me the first time. Then I started pinching my legs in case I was asleep. In the morning, I had little bruises on my legs where I'd been pinching, but I was awake and there was no answer, just the footsteps getting closer. A man appeared at my doorway. He was short and very thin, maybe in his 40s. He was dressed in jeans and what looked like a blue round-necked Bonds t-shirt. He walked past the end of my bed and sat on my side just below my feet. I could feel the bed sink down just as if it would if someone sat on the bed. I was in shock and just sat there. Then he said something, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. It was like a foreign language. I said, I don't understand. And he repeated himself, but I still didn't get it. He then grabbed the tops of my arms with his hands so tightly that I could feel his fingers digging into my skin. At this point, my brain must have finally clicked into gear. I thought this is for real. I'm about to be assaulted and murdered. I inhaled the biggest breath, ready to scream my lungs out. Then he just vanished. I jumped straight out of bed and flicked on every light in the house. For the next three weeks until Dean came home, I catnapped during the day and spent every night awake with every light on. I later found out that at least three other villas had experienced visits from a mysterious man. I was told not to worry because it usually was a warning that something was going to happen. One neighbour saw the man's legs go up the stairs and upon investigating, he found his young child had gotten over the baby gate at the top of the stairs and was about to tumble down them. Maybe someone was about to break in and he was just warning me. Who knows? But it's been almost 30 years and I still remember it like it was yesterday. Yours in spirit, Wendy. Oh, fuck that. Mm. Oh, honey, I hope you moved. Oh, I know when he moved. Oh, no. That, <laughs> you are staying there. Oh, no. I don't care how good his intentions were. Oh, that's terrifying. Oh, no. Especially, like, coming and sitting at your bed and saying words that you can't understand. Like, oh, I'm getting... No, no. no. Do no. not like that at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. God damn, Wendy. Red flag. 
I don't know how you lived in that house after that. <laughs> Lots of sage, I imagine. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah. It's so weird because if it was just a one-off thing or like it was just something that had happened to her, it would almost be like, are you sure you weren't just dreaming? Yeah. It was a really bad nightmare. But the fact that there were several people in the villa that had similar experiences with what seems like the same dude looks like it's it's some I would say benevolent spirit hanging around being like oi yo your kid's about to fall down the stairs <laughs> but like even so sir there are better ways of doing this please stop scaring people in the middle of the night <laughs> <laughs> let me just let you see my legs going through the stairs. Like, yeah. That seems great. Yeah. That's how to do it. Oh, oh who was that? Runs up, kid. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. We're going to put you back. <laughs> Thank you, stranger. <laughs> Thank you, strange spirit. It's like all those, um, the stories, and this is one of the things that my mother told me, because she's been a nurse a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. She was an, I think she went nursing when she was 16, had a bit of a break from it and then came back. But when she was training, they always had stories about the grey nurse. In every hospital, there's always a grey nurse. And it would be, like, in the middle of the night, they would get bell calls or whatever, and they'd finally get down to the room and they'd say, oh, you called for us, what do you need? And they said, oh, they'd say, oh, no, don't worry about it, dear. That lovely nurse in the grey uniform already has done it for me. Ugh. And there would be a grey nurse in every hospital. It didn't matter where you were. There was always a grey nurse who would take care of the patients during the night. Like, never malevolent in any kind of way, but it was always they'd say, oh, yeah, no, that n- that lovely l- nurse in the grey uniform did it for me. Uh, mm. mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm never getting sick again. Like, I'm such a chicken when it comes to this stuff. Even though I've had things happen to me, I'm just mm. like, no, why put myself in that situation? I'm going to be healthy yeah. forever. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Never dying. <laughs> Never punished. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably be the ghost that will yeah. be haunting other people because I'll be like, I'm not moving on. Tap you on the shoulder in the middle of the night. <laughs> Sir, your pancakes are burning. <laughs> Sir. You fell asleep with your incense burning. <laughs> Sir, that candle's supposed to go out. Sir. You just reminded me of, we have a mutual friend who's a nurse mm. and he was working in a, in a hospital here in Tasmania and there's a ward where they leave the TV on for the ghost that occupies that room because he becomes a problematic if he, if you turn it off on him. And he's well known for it. So I'm like, oh, and that's in one of the private hospitals. So wow. I'm like, yeah, never going into that room either. One of my, my ex's um, stepfather at one point had an encounter because he used to run the uh, Richmond ghost tours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So of course he would have encounters, but. This was something that he just could not explain away at all because he hadn't even gotten to the jail yet. He um, was out collecting the money for the tour from everyone who was coming on the tour and he had his wallet out and he was putting the money away and then for some reason, he says, for some reason I put it, put my wallet back in my pocket and then someone else came along and I went to get my wallet out and I couldn't find it. And it was in the middle of the night, so because that's the best time to go ghost hunting, I guess. Of course, yeah. yeah. And so he couldn't find it. So everyone had their phone torches out, looking around, trying to find this wallet, and it was nowhere to be found. And he said, no, I'll come back in the morning. Don't worry about it. I can change it all out from what people have now. So he was able to give everyone back their correct change and things. Went on the ghost tour, came back. Everyone was happy, went off on their separate ways, and he went back to his house. And found his wallet sitting on the shelf. <gasps> no. 
Yeah. And he said, I never put my wallet on that shelf. Never in my life. Like, that is not where I put my wallet. And there were multiple people who saw me with this wallet. And yet it was back in my house. Like, some, like, benevolent spirit had been like, ah, wallet. Neat. Like, put it on shelf. Obviously where it goes. Oh, flip side of that. Maybe it was someone just fucking with him. Like, some ghost fucking with him. Yeah. <laughs> you thought. Let's, let's watch you handle this situation, you shall skeptical. we? Skeptical. <laughs> if you're skeptical, you ain't gonna be skeptical no more. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. None of these things have happened to me mm-hmm. at all. But I have heard so many stories, like from people who have had these experiences. An old customer of mine used to work at Port Arthur. And for anyone outside the the country, Port Arthur uh, is a very haunted place. It's probably one of the most haunted places in Australia. Yeah. It was a convict settlement. It has had a uh, shooting within the last... Mm, I still remember that. 20 years? It yeah. It was grade seven, so it was 1996. Was it 1996? I thought it was... Yeah, yeah. No, it was, because mm. I was still... I was already alive. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you were already alive. I was born. <laughs> but yeah, it, in 1996, because that's when our gun laws were changed. And it's very, very haunted. And this man that I used to have as a customer used to work there, and he would go up onto, the like, the guard towers or, like, where they would keep people before they'd take them up into the courtroom to have their sentencing and things. And he went in there to clean at one stage, and he'd been saying, I don't believe in any of this, nothing's, like, the ghosts aren't real, don't worry about it, blah, 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 blah. And he went in, and apparently it was as if he'd entered this entirely different world where he could hear people walking heavily above him like they used to do to um freak out the people the convicts that were down below (laughs) and like he could hear voices he couldn't work out what they were saying but he could hear voices and footsteps and things like that and it felt and smelt differently and it was light when it should have been darker and he just felt like there was this entire different world that he'd stepped into like it was a memory of someone who wasn't him and he was like, okay, yeah, no, I believe you now. And it just kind of disappeared. <laughs> uh, no. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, it was really weird. I believe it now. Like, I, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness and everything, and I never believed in all that stuff, but, oh, now I do. I oh, like, my God. I couldn't do a job like that. No. No. I'm so not sensitive to certain, like, energies or spirits or things like that. I just don't have the sensitivity. And... So for me, I'm like, I want to do that. I want something to happen to me for once in my life. Just show me something that's creepy, that will give me nightmares for a month. I don't care. Just let me see the thing that everyone else does. All right. I think it's time that you applied to be a, a ghosty <laughs> ghost <at> Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. No. I actually knew this girl um, who I used to live with and when she was a teenager, she broke into Port Arthur with her friends after hours. I know, of all the things, she probably would hate me telling this story, but I haven't seen her in like, you know, 20 years, it'd be fine. Um, <laughs> she doesn't listen anyway. She doesn't fine. listen yet. Um, and I remember her telling me that they saw someone else walking around Port Arthur and they thought, let's run up and say hi. And the person didn't even acknowledge their existence and they got freaked out and they ran out. <laughs> I was like, they were like right in his face, apparently going, hi, hi. And there was just nothing. And I'm like, no, 
They're all getting prequels from that too. Yeah. <laughs> so see, easily. People keep doing things. People that I know seem to keep doing things to mess with things that they shouldn't be doing. And I don't understand the reasons behind it. But I've had a friend who was like, oh, we were going to go into Willow Court, the the old abandoned asylum with a Ouija board. (gasps) And she was like, oh, it's okay. Like, I had a friend who was there. She knew what she was doing. And in my mind, I'm like, if she had a Ouija board at an an abandoned insane asylum, she didn't know what she was doing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Why would you put yourself in that situation? Oh, my gosh. If it's as haunted as everyone thinks it is, you don't need a Ouija board. You need a lot of protection. <laughs> okay, I've I've done the. Do you remember when Dark Mofo? So for anyone who's wondering, that sounds wrong. Dark Mofo is a arts festival in the middle of winter here, put on by Mona here in Hobart, and they did something up at at Willow Court. Yeah, and I, I remember. And I did a tour like around and was walking around, I'm and so there sad were. I missed it. <laughs> Well, it was mostly fine, but there was one room that I went into and I just went, no, nah, I can't. i got to get out. And mm-hmm. I just went and stood outside just till I felt better. Mm-hmm. And then um, and we were meant to take some, like, piece of mirror. I don't know if you remember that. And leave it as kind of like a offering on this tree. Oh, okay. So I went outside and Luke was like, oh, I just want to check out these buildings. And I was like, mm, I can't. I can't. You're going to have to do it on your own. I just got to stand out here. So he did that. And then when I was leaving, I looked at the mirror I had and I was like, no, I have to break it. It's wrong for it to be whole. And I smashed the wind, the mirror. Seven years by luck. Maybe. Oh, we're past seven years. It's fine. <laughs> was it that long ago? I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't know how long ago it was. Yeah, but I smashed the mirror and I left it because it couldn't be whole because everything in that place wasn't whole. And wow. so, yeah, it was a really profound moment. Yeah, and I'll never go back to Willow Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did a lot of research on Willow Court for a tabletop role-playing game that I started DMing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> I know that everyone who listens to this is a closet nerd. Don't at me. And I was doing all this research because I wanted my first interaction where all of the party came together to be for formed in Willow Court mm-hmm. and for them to have individual experiences. For example, one they'd all get knocked out and be taken to different wards. And there were stories about how people would see a man standing in the, um, in the windows or how they would hear a little girl's voice, like laughing and playing and, or there were drips and like floods that no one could explain in a certain ward Um, which was all fantastic for storytellers like me. Mm. One of the ones that really freaked me out is that there were accounts from people before it was closed down, which is like at this time it was 16, 17 years ago when I was researching it. Not when I was researching it, but it had been closed for 16 or 17 years. And people, like the accounts were things like as soon as it struck midnight, there'd be a piercing scream from the women's ward. And no one would know where it came from. So, of course, I'd put my own spin on it and things because writer and storyteller and if it's not creepy enough, let me make it worse. Mm. But there are so many stories that come out of that place. I would say I'd do a tour for you all and then report back, but I ain't going to. I mean, we could. I think you can. You can do it with (laughs) Hannah and you can report back. (laughs) Oh, yeah, me with my spiritual dullness just being like, yes, this is a room. And then that's another room. This one's got white on the wall. (laughs) And then Hannah with her, like, amped up spiritualness, it would be like this weird, like... (laughs) 
So, all right, this is a room. I'm going to describe it. It is white. It's got writing on the wall. Let's move to the next one. It's white. It has writing on the wall. <laughs> this one has a little bit of smashed something in the corner. <laughs> Hannah, what are you feeling? <laughs> Just I need to leave. I need to leave. I need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> nah. okay. Yeah, you can Come go on. do that. Yeah. No, I need to be, be outside. I need to be outside so I can leave. <laughs> uh, nah, you'll be fine. Come on. <laughs> Such a chicken. Just attach, uh, like... That would be a fun experiment. Just put handcuffs on ourselves and me going along and being like, no, no, no. And you're me, like, there's nah. nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Don't fine. worry about it. Don't, I don't believe in spirits. It only encourages them. Come on. Oh, my God. If you if you haven't listened to the last um, bonus, bonus episode, you have to listen to Hannah's house-sitting one. Oh, God. <laughs> Pass. Oh, my God. All right. Next one. Next one. Okay, so this one's from Anna. The night before my mum passed away at 3am, I couldn't sleep, so I was in my room exercising to wear myself out so I could finally sleep. All of a sudden, a huge golden orb came across the full-door mirror on the built-in robe. It was bigger than a dinner plate. Oh, sweetheart, I'm so sorry about your mama. Mm-hmm. Um, but, wow, that's pretty significant. Mm. Okay, next one. My husband was also working on a truck at one of the properties with lots of history. He was under the truck when he saw a pair of feet in work boots. No one else there, no footprints in the dirt. (laughs) And then a spooky one with the rubbish bin at my work. We used to hear footsteps and doors opening and closing all the time where no plausible explanation could explain it. Sometimes the bin lid would just fly off while we were watching it and bang really loudly, like they were trying to get our attention. I kept telling them to go to the light and then it stopped. They also would call my name like, hey, Anna. No. 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 Sorry, Anna, no. Very sweet about your mama, though. Yeah. That's very sweet. Mm-hmm. But damn. Mm-mm. I hope you got a new job. Or a new bin. Oh. Maybe it was just attached to the bin. <laughs> yeah. This, you bin, this bin is old. You need to replace it. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. <laughs> That'd be the kind of ghost I'd be. I'd be a bin ghost. Yeah. Attached to a trash bin. Go- I'd be trash a trash ghost. Trash ghost. Yep. Oh. Trash goblin ghost. Just <laughs> Oh, my God. Throwing. What's the bet it would just throw it across the room after that? It'd be like, oh, you, you think the lid's going to stop me, do you? <laughs> 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 Pull out like banana peels. Okay, <laughs> next one is from Phil. He says the following account is as true as his writing this, which we've got it on the computer in front of us. So that's pretty true. <laughs> Say yep. it's true. Yep. <clears throat> I was living in the house of my girlfriend Gilda at the time, and Irene, her mother, my future wife slash ex-wife, mother-in-law slash ex-mother-in-law, rest in peace, Irene. It was an old Californian bungalow. We were renting it, so not sure of its history. It was 1986. Gilda and I were both 21 years old. In the short time I spent living there with Gilda and Irene, we had all experienced some less than normal events, from tapping on the glass panel of the door to my bedroom, to furniture being moved in our absence, lollies and clothes being tossed about, and on one occasion being spoken to by a non-physical entity. It was early evening. We were all in my room. I was eating a bowl of tomato soup, as one does. (laughs) (laughs) The three of us were just having a general conversation about nothing in particular. I had my stereo in the room and I had the Alan Parsons project playing. 
at a more than comfortable level so as to make our conversation an easy one, not struggling to hear each other over the music. It was literally lower than what you'd expect ground, background music to play at. Anywho, I'm not sure how far into the com- our conversation we were, but there suddenly appeared in the door a man's voice saying, and I quote, turn that bloody thing down. <laughs> We all froze in that instant, and we'd all heard exactly the same thing. I then jumped up from sitting on the bed and frantically searched the house for the source of said complaint. But I knew absolutely what we had all just experienced. I also used to hear people walking along the side path outside my bedroom, opening and closing the gate as they walked along. They were strange events. Cheers, Phil. (laughs) I really didn't like the Alan Parsons show. Turn that bloody thing down. <laughs> yeah, that had to be like an old-timey oh, voice. Just like a guy with a cane, like, instead of get off my lawn, it's turn down that music, kids these days. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Like, some people just don't let up even after Parsons, do they? They're just like, back in my day, turn that shit down. <laughs> God damn, Phil. <laughs> I love that you remember it so well that you even remember you're eating tomato soup. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how you do just remember everything about that situation when yeah. it happens. It's just like it gets burned into your memory. It's like every time you eat tomato soup, it's like, oh, and there it is. <laughs> I remember that, that voice now. <laughs> Turn that bloody thing down. <laughs> Should put on some, like, I don't know, um... Oh, what's some old time music? Oh, singing in the rain. Some yeah, like some really early Beethoven, like classical music. Yeah, eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds. Yeah, mm-hmm. could you imagine now, like playing some metal and just be like, see, I would be the kind of ghost that instead of walking in and being like, turn that down, I'd be like, turn down for what? Do, 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 and just like <laughs> dance away. <laughs> I know they didn't have memes back in whenever, but like. <laughs> That's that's the kind of thing that I would do. Just walk in and shimmy my way through <laughs> with my little walking cane, be like, "We're going to Candy Mountain, Charlie." Like, I'd have, they'd have no idea what I was saying. They'd have no idea what I was referring to. And that's the beauty of it. They're like, it must be some ancient code of something. We're going to Candy Mountain, Charlie. Like, just the early days of the internet, all the memes. <laughs> but, but did you die? <laughs> but there are people who don't even know what Candy Mountain is anymore. Oh my god. going through Or like walking through and just like they have no idea who you're talking about, but it's Leave Britney alone! Oh yeah. <laughs> Echoing through the halls. <laughs> Who is Britney? Is she part of our history? No, I mean Britney Spears. Leave Britney alone. <laughs> At least they'll be able to like timestamp the ghost. They'll be like, this one's a nineties ghost. This one's a two thousands ghost. ghost. Let's look up when these memes happen. <laughs> like I distinctly heard. I distinctly heard badger, 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 badger mushroom. <laughs> Aha! Let's look at that. (laughs) Oh my god. We're sorry, everyone. This episode is brought to you by We've Had Coffee. Uh, Alright, so we have another bunch of small little stories from a user called... User? (laughs) From a coffee user? From coffee user Danny. Uh, When I was seven, my pop died. Not long after I was given his bed... I shared a room with my newborn sister at the time and ended up sleeping in the cot with her because my pop was still using the bed. 
Oh, no. I remember getting into trouble for it and being made to sleep in the bed, being so cold and on the edge so I didn't disturb him. Oh, that's so thoughtful. He eventually disappeared, but the bed was always cold. Oh, Uh my God. Yep. Mm -mm. Okay, next story. (laughs) When I was eight, my nan died. Jesus. Yeah. Gosh, you lost two grandparents really close together. When I was eight, my nan died. I was standing in the hallway with my mother. She was on the phone saying horrible but true things about my nan. There was a pot plant sitting on top of the meter box. It flew across the room and hit my mother on the head. Luke. (laughs) I guess she was listening. Luke, there are some things you just don't do. Like, I'm happy to talk shit about the people who are awful, but within a space of when the spirit's still going to be around, yeah. you just don't do it because they're going to thong you. Like, there is no <laughs> there's no afterlife police who are going to be like, that's assault. You need to go to the ghost jail now. It's like, there is no repercussions. They're already dead. They're just going to haunt you and hit you over the head with things and be like, don't talk bad about me. <laughs> I imagine, though, if, like, in the afterlife there was ghost jail and, like, really it was just you were forced to haunt old uh, old jails and and that's like your your punishment. punishment for throwing pot plants at your daughter as soon as you were like <laughs> imagine if there was ghost ghost jail i was like that's hell Liz. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call hell <laughs> ghost jail <laughs> is that more to do what you do in your living life than your I mean, dead life I mean, yes, but only if you haven't repented. <laughs> if you didn't actually go to jail. Like, all the people who get away with, like, large-level tax fraud that never get caught, uh, ghost jail. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that seems right. Yeah, ghost yeah. jail. We can't make you pay the money back because you're dead now, but uh, you get to haunt people and see the people who live in poverty that you never did uh, because you defrauded the government. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't be a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting into afterlife beliefs here now. Okay, next story from Danny. 13 years ago, I moved into an old house in Lena Valley. I, so that's in Tasmania. Mm. I used to feel a weight around my feet during the night. On a couple of occasions, I heard some growling and hissing and woke up one morning to the bottom of my bedroom curtains torn. I had no pets at the time. I reckon it was a ghosty cat. <gasps> Or Kitty a ghost. demon. Jeez. <laughs> Hellhound just Hellhound. like sleeping on the fit of your bed. Oh. Chase it. I mean, depending on what it could have been, it could have been like a little, if it was growling and hissing and stuff, it could have been a ghosty cat. Mm-hmm. And it could have been keeping away anything else that was bad. Exactly. Like, you know. That maybe there was something trying to come through the window and it was like, no, no. <laughs> and we're both, not that any of you can see this, we're both like doing claws in the air. <laughs> It's like my mum had a, a Russian blue when she was young that used to attack everyone's ankles, no matter who you were, when you were coming around the door and, like, draw blood. I'm just assuming that this ghost cat was like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> just, like, waiting until this, like, ghost creature or maybe even someone, like, living tried to break in and was like, Nah-ha! and just, like, scratched and clawed them until oh. the curtains were all gone. And it's like, Haha, my job is done. And then just disappears. <laughs> I have guarded you well. <laughs> okay. So now this one makes me sound crazy. Um, my car died on the main road Glenorchy one night. Mm-hmm. A guy walking past asked if he could help and we pushed the car up the road to the service station. She wrote servo, but 
Some of you won't get that. I turned around to say thank you and I could see right through him and he just smiled and frigging vanished into thin air. Now, even if he was just my imagination playing tricks on me, there's no way I could have pushed my car on my own. Um, I've also had a ghost that clanged around the kitchen using the jug at another place I lived. I might stop there. Love, Danny. Wow. Uh, wow. That car one. Holy hell. Yeah. Like, you know what? We've got a theme of helpful ghosts. Yeah. I mean, they now seem Now it scary. makes me feel bad about my plans for, like, haunting people. Yeah. Like, me, every other ghost is like, here, let me help you do these things or let me guard you against something. Let me warn you about when your baby's about to fall downstairs. And my plan is just to run through houses screaming <laughs> old memes at people. Okay. So, we've got another one from Kate. Hello, Kate. Ambulance Tasmania State Headquarters, State Operations, and Southern Headquarters are all built on land that used to be the Hobart Penitentiary. And right next to the State Operations is the Hobart Penitentiary Church. Side note, I've been on a tour there and it is mint. Uh, The centre overlooks the gallows. Oh, God. Yep. No. (laughs) We have a particular male spirit who wanders the State Operations floor. I call him Jeff. He's been seen at all hours and seems reluctant to interact with us. One particular story was related to me by a colleague. She and another peer were coming around the corner to the corridor and she nearly ran into an older gent with a white beard. She said, sorry, excuse me, and he nodded to her as she went around him. When her peer said, who was that? They both turned around and he was gone. Hmm. I was sitting in the kitchen and there was big windows that looked into the hallway You have to understand that all the doors in Ambulance Taz make so much goddamn noise it's impossible to sneak anywhere. Just outside the kitchen is the locker room, which has automatic lights that come on when someone enters. The ladies' bathroom, noisy doors, and the exit, noisy doors. The lights in the hallway were off. I saw a man walk past the kitchen windows. They didn't go into the locker room, the ladies' bathroom, leave via the exit, or come into the kitchen. I went to investigate who would just be standing in the dark, and there was no one there. Oh my god, Kate, you're brave. <laughs> Jesus. Another night shift, myself and three colleagues were discussing a particular case, and saw someone walk past the room down the corridor. Thinking it was my boss who I needed to speak to, I ran out into the corridor, only to find that the man was not there. All the offices were empty and the locks with their light and locked with their lights off, and no one had used the exit. Again, noisy doors. I'm actually comforted by the presence of Jeff. He's been benign, and I hope that he's happier with us than he would have been in life at the penitentiary. I would say so. Good on you, Jeff. Oh, that's <laughs> good yeah. old Jeff. That's very sweet. Yeah. Oh my god, though, you went and investigated on your own. <laughs> yeah. I hope you at least, like, if you were sitting in the kitchen, I hope you at least picked up a knife. <laughs> it was like. Because, like, I can imagine, like, going out and there's no one there and that's creepy. But how much more creepy would it be if you, like, went out there and there was actually someone there who had broken in and hadn't turned on any of the lights? Or yeah, like a human being. Like a human being just yeah. there with, like, some kind of chainsaw and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> today's... Chainsaw in the ambulance office. Yeah, today's the day I die. Good <laughs> <laughs> like, thing when the ambulance is, like... Yeah, I can call someone immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I have to say, the living probably do scare me way more than the dead. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. The dead teams tend to only be able to do so much. The living, I have 
no doubts of their capabilities. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to find I like I, I've never had an experience that's been nasty. So mm-hmm. like none of that poltergeist activity. So like I tend to find it quite, you know, it's fine. Yeah. But Just don't pick up haunted stuff in like <laughs> oh, those haunted stores. dolls off that you can buy off the internet. Oh my god. Okay, so our next two stories are actually from two different people, but they're related. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this one's from Vicky. Good morning, Liz. I'm not very good at writing stories. It might be a bit wordy, so feel free to edit it. When my son and I lived in an apartment block in Launceston, we soon became aware that there was something unusual about it. At first, it was only in the bathroom whenever you were using the wash basin with my back to the door. I often thought my son would come in to speak to me, but when I turned around to speak, there was never anyone there. The first time it happened, I thought it was just me, but soon realized it wasn't and it was a regular occurrence. There was definitely a presence there. It was a friendly presence as it had a warm, comfortable feeling when it happened. It wasn't until one night I was sitting in the lounge watching TV. I just happened to look down the passage and saw someone in the doorway of my bedroom. Again, at first, I thought it was my son, but then suddenly realized my son was sitting on the lounge with me. I went down to the bedroom and there was definitely no one there and all windows were locked. At this point, I will tell you, we lived on the top floor of a three-story building and there was only two ways in. Both entrances were into the lounge. It's interesting as that bedroom had a warmth about it like the bathroom, but I did become very unsettled and nervous living there. We eventually moved into the flat across the hall where I experienced no more happenings. Our new neighbours moved into our old flat and I would often go over and visit. One night while having a cuppa, In my neighbor's flat, I felt this very cold, odd feeling come over me, and I looked down the passage and saw a person standing in the doorway of the bedroom, and this terrible feeling came over me. I said to Jess, you have someone staying? She said, no, but you have seen it too, so come with me and I'll show you there is no one here. We looked through the flat and sure enough there wasn't anyone there besides the two of us. She then told me an eerily similar story to the one I experienced with the bathroom when I lived in the flat. The one with the same warm, friendly presence, but her bedroom one was different. It felt cold and scary. They moved out of the building completely, not a flat I would live in again. Yeah, it feels like she brought something with her. Yeah, given that it was warm when you were there. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, my my bathroom's really warm and friendly. My bedroom's really warm and friendly. And then suddenly it's like the new neighbour moves in and now there's a cold presence in her bedroom, but a warm one in the bathroom. You know what? I'd just start sleeping in the bath. (laughs) <laughs> like lock the bedroom door just sleep in the bath <laughs> or that presence in the bedroom really liked Vicky yeah. but didn't like Jess mm-hmm. which is kind of like the or maybe the new present or the presence did like Jess and was like Vicky don't you come back mm-hmm. Ooh. it said the the story says that it was a uh, not a friendly, like a cold and scary presence. Yeah, so yeah. I'm guessing she either brought something with her yeah. or maybe the presence was like, I liked Vicky. Bring Vicky back. <laughs> Vicky was nice. I don't care if you use the bathroom. Everyone needs to use the bathroom. Don't sleep in here. It's Vicky's room. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, God. Who knows at this point? Like, uh, spirits are just a, a lore unto themselves. Our next story comes from David. In the early 80s, my mother and I lived in a two-bedroom flat on Wellington Street, South Launceston. Hey, another Tassie. Mm -hmm. 
We lived in number 12, which is on the top floor overlooking Wellington Street, top right flat in picture. Obviously, y'all can't see the picture, however. The only rooms to the unit were a small kitchen, a dining slash lounge room with a small balcony, and bathroom slash toilet, a small bedroom, and the main bedroom. So a small flat. Yeah. There was only one main entrance which came off a shared stairwell and directly into the dining slash lounge. Opposite the door and at the other end of the dining lounge was a small corridor that had the bathroom toilet, my bedroom, and my mother's bedroom right at the very end. The only other entry into the flat was the balcony door. At that time, my mother, being single, was very security conscious and would place a metal dining chair underneath the handle of the main door, which prevented it from being opened if someone was brilliant enough to pick the lock. The balcony door was always locked with the key hidden strategically in a plant vase. Mm. I am not certain of the time. However, it was well after midnight. I was asleep in my room. At that time in my life, I was about 10 or 11 and kept the mandatory messy bedroom floor (laughs) with matchbox cars littered literally spread across the floor like a wrecking yard, making it very difficult for any person to enter my room undetected. (laughs) Those things hurt. See, parents (laughs) say that it's messy. I call it a security (laughs) measure. Security system, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can't walk through my room to kill me if you step on Lego. Exactly. You know. I had my head beneath the blanket laying on my left side when I felt a sharp blow to my right upper arm. It jolted me awake and I hesitated beneath the blanket for a few seconds as it scared me and I did not know what had happened. When I removed the blanket, my door was closed. I got out of bed and crossed the floor, kicking the matchbox matchbox toys out of the way to make sure I didn't trade on any. I opened my door and looked towards the main door and the security chair was still in place. I then went to my mum's room and she was sound asleep snoring. Ah, dub her in. (laughs) My arm hurt a little, but I thought I had probably dreamt it. I went back to sleep. Later that day, my arm was tender and I pulled back my sleeve to see a bruise in the shape of an open handprint, which was bigger than mine, across the, my upper, right upper arm. The palm and fingers were clearly defined by the bruise. It then dawned on me that someone or something had hit me and I had not dreamt the attack. The flats were known to be haunted, especially number nine, which was directly across from our unit. We had previously lived in that unit before moving and then returning and taking up residence in number 12. My mother had seen a male in unit nine when no male was at the address. I'm convinced that what had happened was not a trick of the mind and certainly no other plausible explanation could account for the bruise. I mean, the ghost was pissed that you hadn't cleaned up your room. <laughs> the ghost was, like, wandering, like, through the units and was just like, good, good. I, I imagine it was, like, an old drill sergeant. Excellent. Good. Yes. What is this? Smack. <laughs> Disrespectful. Clean up your room. It's either that or it was annoyed that you hadn't moved back into number 12. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, I'm haunting number 12 and I miss you guys. Come back. You moved in here? How dare you? <laughs> I don't know why it hit you and not your mum, though. Like, surely. <laughs> maybe, could be that it just didn't want to hit a woman. Like, yeah, you know. maybe it was a respectful ghost. Yeah. Maybe it hits Smacking children. kids, fine. <laughs> Smacking women, no. That is not our personal opinion. We're assuming that's what the ghost was saying. Look, <laughs> it was the 80s. Yeah, I said yeah. we got smacked in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't alive in the 80s, were you? Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. This one's from Lily. And then, ah, and then it's mine after that. Okay. Ooh. Would you like to read Lily since I'll be doing my encounter next? Sure. Okay. Let's uh, <clears throat> get right into it. 
The following ghost encounter stories are from a workplace in a supermarket. The store used to be a morgue. Oh, God. <laughs> Good start. And over time, builders placed a slab of cement over the top and built a supermarket. This is like all those stories that's Why like, you? you know, oh, yeah, this place is haunted, but it is over an Indian burial ground. Like, yes. Okay. <laughs> Why did you do that? Why? Why did you not salt the earth first? Like, to this day, there is still part of the morgue there, which is referred to as the dungeon. Oh, Jesus. Many of the workers have had strange encounters. No, just yeah. sage bomb, just <laughs> just like an entire like an entire bush of white sage in there. Light it, leave. I, As I, if you're getting rid of bugs. Just I think you also would need holy water, some salt, a priest, <laughs> a, priest. a young priest, and an old priest <laughs> come in. Oh God, the no. power of Christ compels, compels you, you or whichever you believed in your life. Yeah, just go away. Okay. <clears throat> We've got sections, like segments. Fantastic. I love organization. So the tea room. One night, the duty manager in charge went to the break room to have tea. In the room, there was a rectangular table with nine chairs around it, all tucked in. There was no one else there, so the deputy manager sat down in the middle with his back to the door, and he began to bite into his salad roll. After a few bites, he noticed the chair opposite him slowly pushed slowly out, hearing and scraping the sound as the chair moved on the floor and turned slightly as if someone was going to sit down. But there was no one there. The deputy manager said it was the scariest moment he had ever witnessed. When asked what he did, he said, I pretended it didn't happen and continued to eat my salad. <laughs> That's what you do. Don't in- don't believe in spirits. It only encourages them. <laughs> it, just, it didn't happen. Yeah. It didn't happen. Fine. Nothing's <laughs> happening. Overnight. One night, a team member was asked to work overnight while technicians updated software. At 2am, the technicians had finished their job and they left, leaving the 19-year-old at the time alone in the store. The girl didn't know she could have left and continued to work the remainder of the nine-hour shift. Oh, my God. Oh, man. In the supermarket. I hope. I hope you got overtime. I hope she got overtime. Like, Especially supermarket morgue store. Like, I mean. Yeah, that should be the name. Supermarket morgue store. Come and get your haunted veggies. <laughs> The girl was working away when she started to feel like someone was watching her. She went into the lap around the store to see if anyone was around. There wasn't anyone and she couldn't shake the feeling that there was someone there. She went and grabbed some stock to put on the shelf in the brightest aisle. While she worked away, she saw from the corner of her eye a tall figure walk past the end of the aisle. It looked like a tall, skinny male, about six foot. And as she turned and looked towards the end of the aisle when something hit her lower back towards the right hip, she flinched and turned the other way only to see nothing. She began to panic and decided to leave her back towards the aisle and try to watch both directions. She didn't leave the aisle and eventually went back to work, keeping both eyes open. To this day, the team member has refused to work overnight by herself. I mean, yeah, me too, man. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Like, oh my God. (laughs) It's like a pair of trister ghosts, like... I'll walk past the aisle and you hit her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what can we do to scare this one? Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with you people, though, going and investigating <laughs> on your own <laughs> on yeah. your own in a building by yourself? You're too at, bloody brave. Yeah, at that point, I would have called my manager and be like, hi, they're gone. Can I go home? I don't care if you're sleeping. Yeah. I don't care. If it's I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let uh, me go home. And the time of night, that is. <sighs> yep. The <laughs> hour. Or mm. something. I don't know. Mm. It's an. It's certainly an hour. It's an hour. It's that an hour. Talk about. <laughs> the restroom. Oh, good. Ghosts on the loo. One time I went into the restroom, as we all do. Mm-hmm. There are only two cubicles to choose from, and at the time both were available. 
It's such a small room that you can hear people come and go from the room. While I was sitting there, I heard the tap turn on. I remember thinking, no one walked in, and no one left, so why can't I hear someone standing there? I opened the cubicle door, and no one was standing there, but the tap was still running. I swear to this day, no one walked in or walked out except for myself. <laughs> oh, good. And now we move on to the dungeon. You mean the morgue room? Why do you keep it? Like, open up tours. Yeah, you got to make money somehow. Yeah. Well, like, a supermarket's a good way, but at the same time, come to our haunted supermarket. They're probably open to midnight, so they could run the midnight to 6am. Yeah. Come midnight to 6am, shop with our local ghoul. <laughs> I mean, some people would do that. Yeah, I Yeah, would. no, there's an option here for, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, people who are night owls would. Nice. Me included. The dungeon. One afternoon, a manager went down to the expense area to grab some expenses for their department. Opposite the expense area are two doors. On the right, there is a toilet, and on the left, there is the entry to the dungeon. <laughs> oh, God. While the manager was grabbing the expenses, she heard running footsteps. Like a deer in headlights, she looked straight to the dungeon entry. There was nothing there, and she figured the sound was coming from upstairs and continued to grab the boxes. The footsteps began again and picked up pace, really running towards her. She dropped everything and ran down the ramp yelling, Nope, 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 (laughs) until she came across another worker. The manager asked the worker to come back with her to get the boxes. When he asked why, she explained she heard running footsteps, and he said it was probably mice. The manager replied, Mice don't wear boots. (laughs) Fair. Fair. (laughs) Yeah. On another occasion, a team member was walking down the stairs when she heard similar boot sounds walking behind her. When she turned around to see no one was there, she continued to walk and the boot started again. She ran. She's never had it happen again. Oh, God, I would never go back again. Oh, my God. (laughs) Far out. That's like... Okay, but you could seriously start getting, like, a lot of freaky people working in that store. (laughs) Like, that's your advertising campaign. Would you like a career... That's not only helpful to society, but also creepy. How do you feel about getting expenses from the dungeon? Mm. Mm. That sounds less creepy and more kinky now. But like, <laughs> God, in leather. Mm. And Go down to the dungeon, you'll pay for it. <laughs> in the dungeon, you'll stay. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and there'll be a whole bunch of people out there that won't get that reference either. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So this last story. Um, this is one that happened to me, so um, I am going to read it because I don't want to miss bits of it, but um, I'll never forget it. Um, so it's not a ghost story. At least I wouldn't say it's necessarily a ghost story, but it's an encounter I'll never forget. So the year was 2003 and Mars was making its closest approach to Earth in almost 60,000 years. My friend Pam and I decided that it was something that we just had to see. Like mm-hmm. We didn't want to miss it. So we hopped in her car and we went to the Mount Nelson lookout to see if we could see the red planet. Mm -hmm. Imagine our disappointment when we got to the lookout and all we could see was cloud cover. We waited a while but soon realised that the clouds were there to stay for the evening. Disappointed, we got back in the car and headed back to our residential college. As we approached... Oh, fuck, I don't... Yes. As we approached... Remember it. It was PTSD flashbacks. (laughs) I mean, I'll never forget it. As we approached the turnoff to our college, we had the most amazing idea. <laughs> if we went to the top of Mount Wellington, we would hopefully be high enough to see above the cloud cover. So we excitedly decided to hit the mountain. This is where things started to get weird. Mm. As we were passing the turnoff to our college, the car was hit with the biggest gust of wind out of nowhere. And we were like, oh, where did that come from? 
And we just laughed it off and we continued on our merry way. Man, weather is a strange thing, isn't it? I mean, it wasn't even windy that night. It just smacked the car out of nowhere. It was freaking nuts. <laughs> As we turned into South Hobart, the car started making a lurching motion, you know, that kind of rrrr. Mm-hmm. It was weird, but we continued. And like the turnoff from South Hobart to the turnoff to go up Mount Wellington is actually not that far. It's like a nine minute drive. Mm-hmm. As we continued down the road, the car began to lurch more regularly. When we were within a few minutes of the Mount Wellington turnoff, I started to feel a presence in the car. Um, it was the same presence I felt when I was a child. This presence was always around me and it used to scare me. Like it used to really scare me. Mm -hmm. I'd be like sitting in the lounge room and the presence would just be there. And um, so when I was about 12, I actually asked the presence if it could leave me alone because I just, it scared me. And I said to it, you're scaring me. And it actually left. It was like, okay, bye. And I have to say the present had honored that request up until this car ride. So the presence in the car became stronger and stronger. And at the same time, the car was starting to lurch more regularly. Um, as we approached the turn, the presence was filling the back seat of the car and the car was now lurching every 20 seconds. I looked at my friend and I said, Pam, we need to turn around now. We can't go to the mountain. Like, seriously, we can't go to the mountain. Mm-hmm. She agreed. Thank God. And the car troubles was a big factor because, you know, we didn't want to get stuck up there. And so she turned the car around. And just like that, the car stopped lurching. Mm-hmm. And the presence in the back of the car started to recede, and my friend, who's also pagan, just happened to see on her, one of her guides standing on the side of the road. So even though we had no problems with the car heading back home, Pam decided to get a car checked by a mechanic, um, and they couldn't find anything wrong with it. So God knows what would have happened if we'd gone up the mountain that night. I'm mm-hmm. pretty certain we'd be dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think this presence does protect me. I don't really have terrifying encounters, and I think maybe this thing keeps things that way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was really scary and unnerving, and, yeah, I'm yeah. so glad nothing bad happened because mm. I think it would have. Yeah. So, yay. Yeah. I think the closest that I've ever come to something like that happening wasn't mm. a ghost story or a presence or something like that. It was actually a face story. Mm. So, you will remember mm-hmm. the, I believe it was, I can't remember which, um, it might have been Midsummer or something, that we actually went and did mm. a ritual down at the river. Mm-hmm. My favourite place. Yeah. Which is great, but there was a particular portion of the um, circle that we'd cast where, during one of our meditations, one of the candles went out in, mm. in a corner, and one of our friends was terrified during the meditation Mm -hmm. she had no idea what was going on but she kept seeing these little shadow figures coming in pulling her hair coming up to me coming up to honey actually and just everything was really freaking her out and so after everything we went home we saged we were like yeah okay fine everything's good let's go home and on the way home we started feeling really weird and really bad and kind of nervous and i was like yeah this is odd Mm -hmm. so we got home we looked at the lantern that I, it had been mine that had blown out, and I went, mm, this is staying outside for a little bit. Mm. I think that's smart. And we sat it down, and it was a windless night, and when we looked back at it, it had started swinging in its little cage. And we were like, oh, that's not good. You're staying outside. Mm-hmm. So we went inside, and I had to work the next morning, so I went to my room. And 
my friend and housemate was sitting up trying to like calm herself down and I just couldn't sleep and I didn't know why but I was afraid to sleep and for some reason I was just like I don't know what this is so I started messaging someone at the time um who I didn't know at the time was an occultist I started messaging my friend we were very lucky that our other housemate who is a very strict uh Christian wasn't there at the time he was off somewhere we hadn't intended to tell him that it had happened, but it came out later anyway. Oh. Um, and I, w- I was messaging this friend going, I'm just so terrified to sleep. And he said, look, I'll come over. I'll keep you company. And I said, okay, cool. And we were sitting there. We were terrified. And we had no idea why. Because nothing was happening to us. It was just this really weird feeling. Oh, feelings are the worst. And he gets in the front door, looks at us, and he said, I saw a crow flying at night, a rabbit cross my path, and a black cat. What have you done? And we went, we haven't done anything. We just went and we talked to the Fae. And he was like, you what? <laughs> and we were like, we just went and talked to the Fae. And he's like, you've... I need chalk. <laughs> I've got black salt. I've got this. I've got something else. Where is this feeling coming from? So we took him outside and we are like, this lantern. And he went, okay. Came inside, had a cup of tea. Took one of our knives from the kitchen. And then went outside. And it was a cold night. Like, it was not warm. You'll remember. And he came back in and he was sweating. Summer in Tassie. It was a cool night and he came back in and he was just drenched in sweat. Mm. And we were like, are you okay? And he's like, yep. And he bandaged up the back of his hand where he'd done some of his working. And he's like, leave that outside for a couple of days. It should be fine. So we went outside and there's this huge, one of the seals of Solomon on the ground Mm -hmm. surrounding this this lantern. And he goes around our house and like puts... um, crystal chips in the windows and mm-hmm. you know sat down and as i was going to sleep and he was staying over the night he sits up and he's like that's what it was and i went what and he's like you described what you saw to me in your meditation and i was like yeah it was a green thing it looked really weird like whatever and he said it was a bloody pixie <laughs> there's a pixie here like because when i challenged it like it was strong but then when i challenged it it just disappeared and that's what they do you brought a pixie back and it was going to play pranks on you in your sleep. <laughs> and I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> and to this day, like, I still won't, like, it's still got the candle in it. I still won't light that bloody lantern thing that I've got. And- I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm getting a new one. Bye. <laughs> well, let's give this to the like, second hand store. But, like, it was just the weirdest thing that I'd ever experienced. And it's very weird because, like, I Because lived... your experiences were really positive. I had a really good experience. <laughs> I, had a, I had a really nice, I met this really gorgeous, like, um, twiggy mm. kind of looking wood thing. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was stunning. Um. And we just sat together. We actually didn't talk. We just sat. Yeah. I All I said in my meditation was, you know, I don't trust you. And oh, that's probably. It, it was kind of like, I was like, I appreciate that you're here, but I'm not, I don't trust that you're here for good. And it's the smile that it gave me was good. You shouldn't. And I was like, Okay. It was like, oh, oh, no. we're on, baby. It's like, oh. It was basically that look of something that goes, oh, you're smarter than you look. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I knew that you weren't going to be a good, like, this is not yeah. going to be a good interaction. Yeah. We're just not going to, like, talk to each other, really. And it was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and it was just really smarmy about the whole thing. And so when I came out of it and... And our friend was like... Oh, my God. I've never seen her drink before. So freaked was... out about everything. And here's the, the weird mm. thing as well. 
is that she was telling me about how these shadow kind of things that she was seeing in her vision had swarmed around me and Hanny mm-hmm. and seemed to be attacking us. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I got changed into my sleep shorts mm-hmm. and found bruises, tiny little pinch bruises all over my thighs mm-hmm. where it could not possibly have been where I'd been sitting on the rocks Yeah, it wasn't like little stones. Or- no, it was yeah. all over the tops and sides yeah. of them. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> A, rude. Did not yeah. give you permission to touch me. How dare you? But also, that lends a lot of weight to what you were saying, and now I'm even more freaked out. <laughs> and to this day, I'm just like, you know what? That like, I'll give you some milk and honey, and you can stay away from yeah, me. Like, yeah, just, just not going to do more. Not here. I, so I have a really good working relationship with the river, and I wonder if that also helps because, um, like, I, I live right near the river. Like, I literally can see the river from my house. Yeah, and so. It was just very strange because yeah. you had positive... I had a great experience. You had a great experience. Two other people had a good experience. I had a, a kind of weirdly negative one. Hanny had like a very strange one where she actually got tossed out of her meditation by yeah, whoever... They threw her out. Yeah, whoever <laughs> she had encountered. So she had a weirdly, like a weird negative but also informative experience. I had a negative one. Our friend just didn't do the meditation so she saw everything and was freaked out. The others and you... Great. Yeah. Fantastic. But it was just us two who just had these weird creatures come along yeah. and be like, hey, hey. Yeah. hello. Yeah. We've been giving you. <laughs> we're going to mess with you. Yeah, we're here to mess with you. <laughs> you know, Hannah was really angry. Mine was just like, yeah, hello. It was like, what are you doing here? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Mine was like, hello, I'm going to have fun with you now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's the thing. No one, like, this is getting a little bit off ghost stories now, but. You know, it's experiences and encounters. And Mm. those kinds of, like, creatures and presences and just beings, I Mm. guess, there is no rhyme or reason that we can understand because their entire way of thinking is completely Mm. alien to us. Mm -hmm. Like, our, I've watched quite a bit of of teaching material and stuff now (laughs) from people who work in traditional ways with (laughs) Celtic fae and... (laughs) Those kinds of things. They're which different. is Which yeah. is really scary when you yeah. think about it, when you hear about it. But yeah. they work with, um, I can't remember his name, but Gwyn or something like that, like the, mm-hmm. the Lord of the Fae mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. And they're like, this is something that you don't necessarily do lightheartedly mm-hmm. and you don't know because their, their rules of hospitality, their rules of mm-hmm. politeness, everything is so foreign to us that it's like going to a completely different culture having like knowing nothing and just kind of guessing and so it's like i have no idea why they were negative towards me and hanny i have a theory to you. i have a theory because remember how when you were setting up the circle um and you said something like don't fuck with us or you said something like that i reckon they i was went, like don't come home <laughs> like, I, I know they, a- and that was it like it was like telling them what to do so they went <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that's my theory. Yeah. I don't know whether Probably. that's true. <laughs> I don't know, because that was me. Like, obviously me. Like, yeah. Honestly, if I was a fae, I'd fuck with me too. Yeah. <laughs> that's just because I'm an arsehole. For Hanny especially, I have no idea what caused her to have such a strong presence come in and such a strongly negative presence against her. It wasn't negative. It was It was intense. So she, she talks about how it was it felt threatened by her energy and her her strength and her magical power and you know that she's very amped up like mm. to the normal person she's like way up here yeah so she thinks that it, it was like mm, 
don't come to my realm and do things. Like it was like a dominance thing, yeah. not a not a not necessarily a negative like yeah. thing, but it was it was but, almost feeling it to the way that she described it at the time, it felt like the presence was almost threatened. Yeah. And it was like Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was intimidated by her yeah. energy. Mine was mostly a you know challenge accepted <laughs> yeah i think so yeah and i think and then our our other mutual friend hannah we have two hannahs yeah i think because she was so scared and nervous i think that they just wanted to mess with her which i think is a bit sad for her yeah but yeah but yeah. yeah i think it's we both because the people in that particular circle had and probably still have very different opinions of fey work yeah which is, I would work with the Fae happily. Like, yeah. I don't have issues. And right. land spirits and stuff I work with all the time. So yeah. I'd be happy to work with land spirits, those kinds yeah. of things. I'm less likely to work with Celtic Fae and those kinds of things yeah. because I don't have the same connections, I don't have the same understandings, and I have a lot more <laughs> negative respect, I suppose. Like, a lot of respect for them that comes out of fear mm. and comes out of not wanting to do anything that's going to negatively impact me in the long run. Mm-hmm. And also the awareness that if I do start working with them, there is a hot, like a very high chance that they will never go away. <laughs> and that's not something I like. <laughs> like yeah. And it's, a, it's like a lot of things. It's like once you have a negative experience, it does feel different. And, um, you know, and I've not had that. So mm-hmm. for me, it's, it's something I just can't understand. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know. Whereas for me, I'm like, okay, I would like to be able to work with things and have them kind of come and go as they, like, as they like, but I'd like to also have my space that's my space that they come into when they're invited. Yeah. Not necessarily all the time stealing my dish soap, taking (laughs) things, making my fruit grow rotten, those kinds of stuff. Yeah. Making me lose the pair of my earrings, like those kinds of little tricks that, the yeah. little people play on people. Yeah. And then it can get amped up if they get angry. Yeah. Because once they're in my house, they're probably going to get pissed off at me. Not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. I get pissed off at me, so why wouldn't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't find myself particularly easy to be around. So I don't want them to be in my house causing mischief and then being like, wow, you're actually a really bad person. We're going to cause terrible things. Which they can do. Yeah. Which is... They can sell your milk. <laughs> There's like various things that I've seen Celtic practitioners talk about. And yeah. I'm like, you know yeah. what? Yeah. I just say, I don't really work with Celtic, with the Celtic aspect of the Fae. Like I actually work with land spirits and certainly mm. what I saw, what I have interacted with in the past have been land spirits mm-hmm. and they approach me. It's, it's, it's rarely, yeah, okay. But not necessarily approached. Like I went into the, like on a bushwalk, actually not long after this encounter and I was with a friend and we had this thing follow us the entire time that we were in the bush. Uh Didn't interact with us at all, but it was just kind of keeping tabs. Curious. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. Which honestly... Probably was right to be curious because there's a pagan and a Christian going for a walk in a place where there are going to be land spirits and they're yeah. like, hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. This is not correct. This shouldn't be happening. Weirdly, one of the weirdest experiences I had was um, I had a nature spirit approach me while I was driving. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And it was it was actually near Mount Nelson. And um, I was driving and then suddenly I just got this image 
of this. It kind of looked a bit like Grug. It was really freaking cool, but not as Grug. Grug mm. is a children's book character from what kind of plant is he? A bow? Bow? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, a plant we probably don't have in Tasmania. Yeah, and so like that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I guarantee you, if I'd sat down at that river and been like, okay, I'm going to sit here and see what happens, nothing would have come at me. Like, a lot of spirits, a lot of things just kind of go, nah, too dense. And like, to keep walking, because I, I am so, I'm not very spiritually, like, attuned. Like, we've got Hanny and me on completely different ends of the spectrum. Like, she's really ramped up. I'm kind of like, you know... I'm kind of like the heartbeat of someone who's just flatlined, you know, like (laughs) I don't actually have any real uh, ability to sense things. I don't know if there's a blockage or anything like that, but it's been that way pretty much my entire life. So it's one of those things where I'm damn sure that if there wasn't some kind of conduit sitting next to me, (laughs) that they wouldn't have bothered with me at all. But since like, there were all these people around that we've been like, ha ha, you. (laughs) Yeah. We were talking earlier about how uh, sometimes the, uh, you said dense, yeah. the densest animals are the more fun animals. Yes. <laughs> like my cat. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Stupid, but very sweet. <laughs> That's like, not intellectually, but spiritually, me. <laughs> you know, there's just certain things that I just can't necessarily do yeah that's okay because they're i can't necessarily draw really well but that doesn't mean that i'm a terrible person just like me not being able to feel things particularly well doesn't mean i'm a bad practitioner Mm. it just means that i have different different ways of doing things different skill sets and talents and natural things that come with being a human being Mm -hmm. and unfortunately one of those things is not necessarily feeling any spiritual presence around me anytime whatsoever (laughs) And and that is absolutely fine. I do think that there's a, a big push in the community that you have to be good at visualization, you have to be good at meditation, and I actually don't think that's true. Like <laughs> sitting still and meditating, trying to visualize something, yeah, can't do it. Yeah. I absolutely can't. Like someone's like visualize an apple, and I'm like, oh, it's a round thing. Maybe has these things. Mm, can't see it, but I can kind of understand what it is. And then I'm like, oh, shiny, <laughs> and turn away from it. Like. Yeah, so I... Walking meditations are much better. Yeah, I love walking meditations. I actually decided to move away from trying to visualise, and Mm. now I just... Like, I can visualise, and I do see things, but I often fall out of the visualisation, which is my my biggest challenge. But Mm. um, I actually sense it energetically. Mm. So, like, you know, I know how an apple feels. So I'm like, okay, I can feel an apple. But I'm very sense-based yeah. so yeah and then there's like very little that i feel unless it was that one time that we went walking and it was like my hand feels like it's gonna fall off <laughs> this is so weird and I touch it to a rock and see if that helps uh, <laughs> like, yeah that was so very that, like that's one of the strongest things that's ever happened to me and so like walking along and being like my hand feels very vibratory and very hot and there's lots in it it's does painful. this feel weird to you <laughs> Like, walking along, looking at your own hand, then being like, does my hand feel different? Like, that's very strange to do to someone who, like, if it wasn't you, I would have been like, I'm not doing that. Just, like, cradled it the whole way down. But being able to be like, okay, no, that's a lot of, let's just put that energy back where it needs to be. Which is not in me. Because if it was in me, that it should be going around, I think there's, like, a blockage somewhere. Like, it was down to my wrist. So hopefully there's not just, like, some kind of spiritual clot. (laughs) Oh, my my God. There's a thought. Imagine if you had to, like, 
that could be a good because oh, you can't visualize. Okay. Well, I mean, that would be a good try. thing to sense feeling like trying to like push like that energy through and see if you can get it going. Yeah. 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 I um I spiritual clotting. <laughs> I know that image in my brain was just like it's kind of sparkly and then it just stopped. Energy work is not something mm. that I can do at mm. all. I can chant, I can pray, I can do a lot of other things. People seem to like people who are spiritually like gifted and can like open mm. seem to be like, yeah, you've got a lot of power. I'm like, really? Because I don't know. <laughs> I can't sense it. If there's a battery in me. I am not connected to figure out what charge it is. Like, mm. there's nothing that I can do to figure it out. People seem to think that I've got some kind of innate ability. So mm. I can do runes. I can kind of do tarot. That's boring to me. Um, <laughs> like, I can do a lot of other things. But energy work is just kind of one of those things that everyone's like, oh, it's so basic. You should be able to do it. I'm like, but I can't feel the thing <laughs> in between my hands. <laughs> everyone's like, just get a warmth between your hands. I'm like, it's still cold. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> And I, I actually will say that um, I don't feel energy as warmth. I feel yeah. it as a magnet. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. And I think different people feel it different ways. And I think that's an uh, issue is that a lot of the books, they, they promote the same kind of feeling. Feel. Yeah. And it's not true. No. Just like everyone has a different mouth feel for the same. Everyone has a different like sensation of mouth feel for the same yeah. like foods. Having a different energy feel. Yeah. And, like, I think sometimes it's, like... Because when we were up the mountain, it was kind of like there was actual electricity. <laughs> we have to say Mount Misery. We were up yeah. Mount Misery. <laughs> it was good. It was fun. <laughs> I love Mount Misery. Yeah. It's not miserable. No. But it was, like, there was this, like, buzzing energy, like, mm. kind of almost, like, um, electricity. Mm. And I was, like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> and put, yeah. it, put it back. But, yeah. Like, that's the closest that I've gotten to feeling what energy work would feel like to me. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but... Yeah. One day, maybe, it'll yeah. open up, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if it does, great. If it doesn't, and eh, whatever. Here's an exercise that my meditation teacher taught me, and it may not interest you, but when you breathe in and you, like, you start with just taking deep breaths, mm. and then you start breathing the energy down to your feet... Yeah. And then and see how it feels and then imagine it like feeling your next breath feeling up just a little bit higher and then a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it feels like pins and needles. So like yeah. for me, for me. So like, you know, for other people it might be color or Yeah. Yeah, but like see see if you try that. See what you th- if you notice anything. Start becoming like just a conduit of <laughs> <laughs> electricity like <laughs> I am thought. <laughs> no, 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 you'd be more like a Sith. <laughs> <laughs> It comes from within me. <laughs> you were the chosen one. Oh my, oh my god. god. Well, that might be a good place to end it, actually. <laughs> For kissing you of being a Sith. And, uh... Thanks, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that random ass boonus episode. <laughs> Send us your stories as well, because we'll do another one of these. Like, there's way more opportunities. And it doesn't have to be ghosts, it can be anything like the Fae. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Anything that you can think of. Yeah. Random energy in your hand. Yeah. Experiences. <laughs> Experiences. Yeah, we love to hear them. I think that's that's how we learn, is we learn from other people. Yeah. And There's a universal uh, personal gnosis that yeah. we learn through as well as the overall accepted one. All right. Well, thank you. And thanks, everyone, who did submit their stories. And we hope we did them justice. Mm-hmm. And some of you are brave. 
move. Some of you need to move. People. <laughs> Some of you need to move if you haven't already. Or have. find different jobs. Yeah. Please. The, the morgue place. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully a supermarket's a chain. Go somewhere else. At least tell us where the supermarket was so that we can uh, visit. <laughs> or so I can visit. Because, like, come on, I really want to go to that place now, though. <laughs> Show me your morgue. Take me down to your expenses area. Oh, that might sound like a robbery. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Show me your morgue. <laughs> sir, this is a supermarket. I know what I said. Show me your dungeon. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, and we'll catch you at the next one. Bye.